Are you ready to get real? Hello, and welcome to Real with MoxieWorks, where we discuss real estate news, tips, and of course, technology. Well, hello, everybody out there. Welcome to another Real podcast here from MoxieWorks. And it's my pleasure to be joined by Hobie Hanna, who's president of Howard Hanna, one of the stalwarts and uh, juggernauts of uh, independent brokerages in particular. And that's why I'm so thrilled to have you on here, Hobie. You've personally and you guys as an organization have seen this movie, many movies over many years of everything in good times and bad. So um, I, I think our audience here is really going to be able to benefit from, from hearing your thoughts. Um, and so I, I'd love to firstly welcome you to the program and say thanks for, for taking the time. Thanks, York. Appreciate it. I'm wearing my Alan Tate shirt today, so we can't forget about my uh, my company in the South, Alan Tate Realtors. So it, it's confusing because we run those two different brands. But uh, knowing that some of those folks are, are Moxie clients, uh, they are Moxie clients and they may be watching. I don't want to forget to show some love for them and the Howard Hanna folks. But I'm glad to be here. Uh, I appreciate uh, watch the other webinars that you've done. And I appreciate all that Moxie's doing to create some great energy and communication out into the into the marketplace for the real estate community. So thank you for doing these. I, I know it. I know you're swamped running your day to day, as we all are. So take you taking some time to lead this is just shows the kind of leader you are in the industry. So thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate the kind words there. And and you're right. You have a far flung empire, and and we're excited to be working with not only you but but Alan Tate. And that really leads me to my first question for you, which is. You, know, you have progressively expanded your footprint over time, both organically and, and by combining with some other great companies. And I, I believe you have a, not only a history of that, but a history of doing that at, in times kind of like this that we're going through right now. I think you did some of that back in 2008, 9, 10. So can you talk about you know, how to think about this maybe a little bit more from a, uh, an opportunity perspective than a fear perspective? Yeah, um, that's a great question. You know, you, you referenced that you've seen this movie before. I haven't. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that that is challenging, more challenging than other times, is um, is that we're all we're seeing the script un, unfold um, every day. Um, yes, we've grown. To your point, we've grown through recessionary times as a history of the company, and we know that we're in a recession. We're going to be in a recession. We're going to come out of one. But this is so different because you know, day to day operating, trying to figure out. Um, you know, the challenge is is that we're we're, we're at home, and in some states. Uh, real estate hasn't been deemed essential at all, so no one's working. Uh, there, there's a fear factor of working. There's the consumer fear factor. In other states, it's people are uh, a, that we're in. Real estate's been deemed essential to help those people that need to find housing, and so we're working intelligently and smartly to, to help folks there. You know, so we all know. To your point, the question. We all know the reality of what markets we're in, and you're, you're broadcasting this internationally and nationally. Uh, so every state has to deem differently. But yes, I think there's. I, I do think there's opportunities out of this. And I am one to believe that when you do have a downturn in the market and you have a recessionary times that some of us as independent brokers are, are well suited for this time. In, in 2008, 9 and 10, yeah, we did grow through a series of acquisitions. Um, we were fortunate to be at the right place at the right time. And we made some bets on partnering with some great companies in, in Cleveland, Ohio, in Virginia Beach, in Norfolk, Virginia, in uh, Michigan. During that time, the companies we knew, other independent companies, names, 
you know, people who may remember the Smythe Realty One and Smythe Kramers of the world, the uh, William E. Woods, the, the Surabell companies. These were companies that during that time we, we said, hey, they were like-minded, great philosophy, we can blend together. We do think that we're positioned in that same, I wouldn't say we're, we're ready to do acquisitions tomorrow. We're, right now, like everybody, we're trying to manage where we are. I think we'll see, I think the industry will see some consolidation and, and some great consolidation. And I think the other thing we're really excited about at both Howard Hanna and Alan Tate is the, and this isn't, I'm not just kissing your butt at Moxie, but we consciously made in about four years ago, we made a real effort on a technology stack to build one out to support where we thought the business was going with agents working more remotely, with agents having wanting to have access to their iPad, their computer, their data, not have to be uh, as I always like to say, tethered to the company from a branch, but not have to be physically in the branch to do their work. And we made that investment, never foreseeing this day. It's paying off leaps and bounds. The, the, and, and I put, when I say I put credit to Moxie, Moxie is the, the platform we build it off of, as, as you well know, York. I mean, when, when you open my eyes to the promise of the Moxie cloud, how it could open architecture and integrate, how we could connect all different parts and pieces from our accounting software to, you know, we, we really haven't been a developer of our own software, as you know, in our own technology, we'd like to take parts and pieces off the shelf and connect them. You've allowed us to do that. And we are in a really good place. The, the number of stories that I'm hearing from the adoption being up on that technology and um, and the use of it, it by our agents and our salespeople and therefore our customers, uh, we really are excited about how it looks on the other end. And we think that's going to help us with opportunities. We think we're maybe if you try to find some, make some lemonade out of lemons that maybe we've figured out how to streamline some processes of the industry that is a big old legacy company, which is what we are. We've seen the vision of what we wanted to do, but maybe we've been slow to act because we are a legacy company. But we think that there's opportunity to use that platform and grow and to bring that platform to others in the industry and, and support them. And so I don't know that we'll see any of that acquisitive growth in the next quarter or two. But I think you'll see some activity with us at the, at the fourth quarter and in uh, 2021, just, just in our DNA. It's just our nature. Yeah, great. And that's that's such a great overview, I think, of, of how you guys think and have evolved. And that leads me actually to my next question. So you're right. None of us have seen this current you know, sequel to the recessionary movie here. Uh, and, and we wish there wasn't a sequel, but there always seems to be one. And through your evolution, whether it's how you approach the deployment of technology, as you mentioned, whether it's how you approach acquisitions, and, and you use the term DNA, you as a company, and, and you also said legacy, you know, the reason there's a strong legacy of companies like yours, in my opinion, is that you have an underlying approach to the market. And if I might, it is relationship-based. And as you place relationships higher, you're not some churn and burn lead gen sort of mentality. And so so while how we go about things may change here, it says, you know, what well, got you here won't get you there, as you see that saying in my office. But the underlying why I don't think necessarily changes or even should change. And I think that's such a strength you guys have had through thick and thin. Can you talk a little bit about that aspect of, of Howard Hanna and how you're thinking about that now? Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. At our core competency, we're educate, support, develop, relationship-based business. I mean, you know, uh, hopefully it's always part of our secret sauce as a family business. And hopefully that as that next generation thinks about coming into the business, which is that 
all of us in the leadership capacity started in the sales aspect of the business, started as real estate agents or loan officers from our mortgage company. So we understand that technology is great and getting leads are great, but this business is one where you don't, you know, your customers become your lifelong friends. Your customers become, um, it's, it's not a churn and burn. It's you develop those and nurture those relationships. And I think that's, uh, as long as we stay at the forefront, that's where our technology platform with using Engage focuses around that concept of relationship-based selling. We still have a, as crazy as it sounds, when we talk about relationship-based selling, there, there's an internal rivalry that takes place with a lot of people named Hannah. We, none of us today are, I, I, have a, I have a, shouldn't say that, I have a cousin who's a great real estate agent in Pittsburgh who practices day-to-day. But the rest of the Hannahs, we're in a, more of a management capacity. And with all of us, there's an internal little rivalry of, who uh, places the most referrals um, in sense of, you know, who, who, who are we, who from our own sphere? So, you know, you'll get my dad who's 73 tomorrow, you know, he'll, he'll call me and tell me how many people he's talked to this week about listing their house or buying a house. He's, he's not day to day. He's just on the phone. He's, he's at his house calling as many people right now, letting them know about the market, letting them know things will be okay, why it would be a great time to sell. And he's chairman of our company and he's never say he's retired, but he's out there calling me today saying, how many people did you call? How many people, how many leads are you driving to our agents? And whether it's whether it's relationship in that sense or whether it's we're, we're going to announce this week that we've leveraged relationships with two employers, that one in Pittsburgh and one in Cleveland, that are big employers, that we've reached out to them in this time and said that we know the people who own the companies. We know the HR people. We know. And we said, how can we support you and your employees, whether it's through communicating a message of how they could refinance their homes through our mortgage company or if they want to buy, how we can help them see that, that relationship that that local Pittsburgh employer or Cleveland employer has had with the Hannah family or the Hannah organization that, that it ties back. So we spend a lot of time doing that. And, uh, and I will say in the rivalry, I think I'm winning in terms of the referrals. I think I'm beating Helen and Holly right now, you know, but I've got to say that. So if they listen to it, maybe they, they, they uh, get to work today. Yeah. So. Like I said, not, not the trick of No, not at all. You know that. So. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. And, and I, um, as you said, and we obviously are huge fans of relationships, how we treat our customers, but also it's what our technology is is yes. both strong at, as you said. So, so let's move to the next part of that, though. You know, relationships require a, a keen focus on communication. And you've always had that um, as a philosophy, I know. But how has that changed? And do you have any sort of thoughts or or ideas for listeners here, particularly your peers, as to how they should think about communicating through this time? Yeah, well, you know, as always, there's two forms of communication in our industry. There's, you know, as I always say, you've got your internal customer or family member who's your agent, and then you've got the external, the buyer and seller, and it's a balance and a dance because, so we have, uh, I will say that we have put a lot of effort, and I'm sure, and I, I talked to a lot of my peers around the country, I mean, that, I don't know that we're doing anything better than anybody else. Sometimes we're sharing best practices. We ramped up and I'm in, I, I would take a moment to say that I think I talk about the real estate agents. I will tell you our, our IT department, our marketing department, our accounting, our whole corporate staff, I, um, they're rock stars. I mean, I'm, I'm sure everybody feels that way about their people, but I will tell you that this has been less than 40 days. We didn't have a remote work policy for our employees. We were not set up that way when it came to administrative support, just a whole network accounting and everything else. And in one week, our IT department developed a remote work policy 
we had our marketing department. We said communications more and education department. Communications more important than ever. I will tell you one of our one of our goals was to do more online education and training uh, for this year. And uh, I got a report this morning from our director of education. In the last 30 some days, we've had um, 140 different webinar training classes, including things that you've shared and, and helped us with from Moxie, but across the board from other partners like Real Scout, but our own education department, new agent training, technology training, um, how to prospect in this environment, what can you say or not say. And then we've launched into, uh, they developed a twice a week newsletter that comes out that's all tied to every piece of information you would need that's changing daily around this virus. Um, so that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, our agents across the whole board are getting uh, from our marketing department, from from me a newsletter that links back if they miss something. So it's one data point place to go. Uh, obviously, Microsoft Teams, which you know a year ago, the only people using Microsoft Teams in our organization was the IT department. Uh, everybody's become an expert on it. Um, and we're seeing more communication just of the branch manager to sales meetings, actually more participation than maybe when they used to come in live to a meeting. Every Friday, uh, I do, I started it four weeks ago, just off the cuff, just to felt like we needed to connect. Maybe it was five weeks ago, oh, a Friday webinar at 10 o'clock. Uh, we had 1,400 agents, employees on last Friday's webinar. Uh, we've gone to, the first week was just me answering, trying to answer every question that came in on the webinar, the, the confusion, the fear, the stress that people had. It also allowed us to say, boy, here's how we have to address some things. We still have those Friday webinars. We have panelists on the webinars recently, agents. We'll, we'll, we're going to reach out to you, York, and see if you or one of your team members would like to be on one in a couple of weeks talking about uh, just Engage and Moxie as a product. Um, but we, we found that the questions that are coming in from the agents across the 12 states uh, have allowed us to figure out how to get back and communicate. Um, for example, we realized very early on, like in the first two weeks, how much fear and demand there was about agents trying to find direction on the CARES Act. Um, mm. You know, what were they eligible for, um, for unemployment benefits or from federal stimulus? Uh, if real estate was deemed essential and they actually practiced real estate, then would they, would, be, would they and their families be able to get benefits? And when it first hit us, we talked to other people in the industry and they said, well, that's the board's responsibility. That's NAR's responsibility. I, I, I'm not, I, I hate to say this, but they play a great role. I just don't always rely on them being the communicator. And, and, and what I found is there was a lot of miscommunication interpretation by different states. So as an example, we reached out to our law firm that we use and we said, listen, we'll pay you. Uh, you know, we understand you'd have to do the research and the data, but they went state by state and then held webinars for us, for our sales associates, recorded them, put them out there to say, you know, here's in New York state, where you go apply, where the links are, what the paperwork is, allowed questions coming in, had one for Michigan, one for Ohio, one for North Carolina. Um, and and it, that became a really important part of communication, but we wouldn't have thought about it had we not had that Friday webinar with our agents saying, hey, help us with this. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we can start to see uh, through that communication, it's allowed us to be sensitive that we all want to sell real estate, right? We all want to get back out there and service our clients. And let's be candid, this is what we do is how we support our families is selling real estate. So there, but what we realized really early on as many people did and in and, and any industry, this isn't real estate is I've said, there's three buckets. There's, there's the bucket of, of people just in general in life who uh, their at their prevailing attitude is I'll be safe. I'll, I'll take the appropriate measures. Let me conduct my business. Let me service clients and customers who are out there. 
there's the middle bucket. Well, I go to the other side. There's the further bucket, which is I'm scared to death and I'm not leaving my house and I'm not, um, I'm not going to meet with people and I don't want to get my family sick or or get somebody else sick. And and we've got to curb this and we've got to, and those two buckets is, is all you have to do is, you know, watch Fox, then watch CNN or, or go on, or go on social media. And people, I think, you know, what we realize is that people are passionate either side. And, and then there's that whole big bucket in the middle, that other third of, of, of people who are like, just trying to educate themselves. They're trying to take it all in. They're not sure where they stand. They know they want to support their customers and their family, but they also want to be safe and trying to read between the lines. And so we realized real quickly that we have to it, not only the country has to appeal to all three of those psychologies, we as a company do. And we keep reiterating, if you're in the bucket that says, I don't leave my house, you can't shame and criticize and, and be upset with the person who's, who's over here saying, uh, I need to work. And the person in the middle who might vacillate might change from Monday to Friday. We have to be sensitive to all that. And that, you know, I, I saw something online that said we're all in the same boat, but we're not. We're all maybe in the same ocean, but you don't know what somebody's boat looks like. You don't know where their stresses are or where their mindset is. And I, I so we've learned that everything has to come. The communication has to come with that in mind, and that respect and that love for each other that, you know, we have marketing pieces to go to consumers that are soft. We have marketing pieces that are like, hey, let's go out and let me show you houses. Um, all of that's come into play. And, and, and that's where I think our marketing department has stepped up um, and working with even going back to Moxie making changes to presents, making changes to impress, making changes to all the different pieces to make sure that we're servicing all aspects of, of our agent base and our consumer base. So long answer to your question, but I mean, I think communication is key and I think it's most important that we listen to our, to our realtors and our yeah, customers and react to it. No, it's a, it's a great answer, Hobie. And I, I'm, as a side note, I don't think you and I have ever talked about it, but I have that exactly that same belief on the three buckets. So that's, I think that's a great insight for everybody to, to, to take to heart because you can't predict what someone's mindset is. No, you can't. Um, but, but so let's let's talk about where this all goes then, because to your point, all of us have to be in this communication, this over-communication mode right now and, and sort of solve all the tactical stuff that's been thrust on us. But I'm a firm believer that like COVID, both fear and optimism are contagious. And, mm-hmm. and we have to be careful, I think, not to amplify the fear. Yeah. We have to solve the problems of how do you keep going right now. But I think some amount of our energy needs to go toward optimism about a recovery and so forth. So could you talk a little bit about how you're thinking about that and how you're trying to encourage your agents and maybe also your staff to, yeah. to think toward that? I know we're not there yet, but how do we prepare ourselves? Yeah, I I. It's a, you know, that's that's going to be the difference maker um, for a lot of businesses. Um, it, I, I think, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I say it to my kids all the time when they're worried, like mother, my you know, 10 year old last night, she's always worried there's like a monster under her bed. You know, and I think it's just a game because every night I have to come look and make sure that the monster is not under the bed <laughs> when I tuck her in. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's her thing. But, um, you know, last night, you know, she said, I said, why are you worried about the monster? And she goes, I'm just afraid. There's lots of things to be afraid about. And I think that's the mind of a 10 year old living in this environment. And, you know, I, I, I threw out the, the Franklin Roosevelt quote. I said to her, Cecilia, the only thing you have to fear is fear itself. It's all what's between your ears, you know. And she's 10. She goes, what do you mean? And I said, I talked to her. I said, if you decide there's a monster under your bed and you can't get that out of your head, there's a monster under the bed. 
I said, if you decide there isn't and that you're going to go to sleep okay and you just want me to tuck you in, but you realize there's no monster. It's just you want me to tuck you in and then you're going to slowly step out. And I, I, you know, I just think that, that so many people I know have got themselves so afraid. And I understand if, if you have health issues and you have other things, you've got to be smart about how you're going to do business coming out. But when I talk to, to people in the industry and I find that people are like afraid to even make the phone call to their, their friends and say, let me tell you about the real estate market. Let me tell you what's going on. Hey, let's get your house ready to sell because it's going to be a great market. I, I do think as we come out of this, there's going to be a lot of opportunity for real estate agents to sell a lot of real estate. OK, I think that consumers are going to come out. I, I'm already we're, we've been doing a lot of tracking on traffic on our website. Uh, we work with showing time. So we get a lot of reports of where showings are going daily, weekly. Um, we're doing a lot of statistical tracking. And in some markets that maybe the curve is lower, like Ohio, we're starting to see um, more and more um, activity, you know, and, and, and Ohio real estate is deemed essential. But we're seeing showings ramp up. We're seeing more people uh, participate on virtual open houses and activity on the weekend. We're beginning to see people polling our agents anonymously and saying, where do you feel when you're on those three buckets? And seeing more and more people go into the bucket over here that says, I'm, I'm ready to go to work. And I feel like my customers are. But we still have so many people who, who are afraid of getting out of their own way. They're afraid of like, well, what do I say to somebody? Do I tell them it's a good time to buy or sell? Well, if you believe it is, it is. I mean, just be honest. Be Get into dialogue. Get into conversation. Uh, I think that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to get to that positive. We're trying to keep everybody upbeat, knowing there's a sense of reality. And like you said, I, I, I'm you know me well enough that I'm a pretty positive guy. And, I'm, and you know, um, it, you know I, I, I'm always thinking the glass is half full. and Let's go get it. Um, we've got I've got to make sure I don't go too far out on that side. And, and, and too much unbridled optimism. But I also do think, you know, that, that Roosevelt quote of the only thing you have to fear is fear itself, really, <laughs> I think it's, it's so meaningful in today's day and age. I think that we're scaring ourselves in the media. We're scaring ourselves by having our own perception on things. And I'm just a believer that, that leaders need to emerge and people need to step up and say, um, there's a great opportunity here and let's take advantage of it. And it may change how you do business. I mean, we may be do virtual showings for three more months and, or, or it may be for the rest of our lives, York. It might be that people would rather use zoom and share screens on our websites and look at 3d imaging and details of photos and narrow their home search down to two houses and then go look at the two houses and they're not getting into a realtor's car, but you're still selling and then you're coming back and transacting online. It may be that, that listing presentations are done through a great tool like, like, like Moxie presents The listing presentations are doing from my home to your home. And we're walking through and using a tool like buy side to help evaluate properties and show how many buyers and leads you have and why you should mark. I mean, I do think things are going to change. But I do think people can sell real estate right now and talk about housing and need to, to get out of their shell a little bit. This is this is going to pass. And whatever new normal is, it's going to pass. And, and we've got to bring back this economy and we've got to bring back life. And I, and I say that with the exuberance of we're going to do it and be safe. But it's time, you know, as, I, as I said to some people the other day, it's time to start feeling sorry for ourselves. This, this thing happened. We got to adjust. It's a horrible thing, and it, and it's decimated lives. But we have to, as a country and 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 real estate as an industry, start to come back. And I do think that real estate will drive uh, the, the difference of 2008's movie. 
the recession was started by real estate, okay, and, and by the mortgage markets and housing. I think other recessions that you look at historically drive out with housing. And you look at people that will buy a home and then all the subsidiaries, not just the mortgage title insurance and closing, it's it's the landscape of the title, it's the, it's the uh, local hardware store where you're buying mulch, it's, it's the security company, it's the furniture, it's the decorator's business, um, it's Everything that's going to spin out of that, it's that you move and you're now um, you're going to the small restaurant or the coffee shop because you move from one neighborhood to another. I do think that the dollars will move and housing is really going to help with that recovery. And I think talking to a lot of peers and, and, and they know this and agents out there is that we're natural leaders. And if we can lead in each of our communities through housing, um, we're going to help rec- help our markets and our communities recover, whether it's the small town in um in Pennsylvania, uh, or it's the it's New York City, or it's Los Angeles. That I do think the 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 one thing about our industry is we have some of the we're all in real estate, but some of the most charismatic leaders, and you know this, that are out there and they're independent and 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 even franchise based companies. That it's time for us all to step up as a as a leadership group and and work together and help with this recovery. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I would say, by the way, that we see across our customer base a similar kind of initial kind of turning of the corner on web traffic and some of these other early indicators. So, you know, my my view generally is if you're if you're not moving forward, you're going backward. And I think people right. are more risk actually of falling behind than they recognize. So on that note, to wrap up, Hobie, um, what you know, if you had to leave the audience and again, the, this is particularly your peers kind of with the one thing, you know, Jack Palance's thing, the one thing, what would be the the most uh, important thing you would kind of have as a call to action to, to your peers that they should think about right now toward, you know, what's going to happen in a recovery here? Um, that's a, you know, that, that, that's a great question. Um, and, uh, and me personally, I think one is that we have to, you know, and, and use each other as peers. We all know each other. We might be competitors in some cases and some cases, not just friends. I think number one is that is that we got to use each other as a network to keep our spirits up. It's going to be it's going to be some tough sledding as as owners of companies for the next uh, couple quarters. But I think the the what I would say is that we're seeing is I think this is a great time. I think most of us have made those tough decisions, put them in place. Um, we're managing to this crisis. But I would say right now it is probably the best time to to for for us to step back and look at at what do we think the market looks like in the future and have we invested in the right things um, like clean slate to everything you know how many really looking and especially some bigger companies how many uh, how many programs do the same thing how many legacy marketing um, items have we held on to for years that maybe we know should change, but using those dollars to change them to other things, not just saving money, but looking at how we reallocate. And and I think the other thing that has to come out of this is maybe a little more, especially amongst us all as independents. And, and, you know, we've talked about this, how we collaborate. I mean, I know there's non-independents here, but how we collaborate more, how does the, 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 you know, many of the people that are going to be on here are the non-Wall Street as I like to call them brokers, we, you know, uh, 
there's there's there was no bailout for us. We we were too big to be a small business, and at the same time, um, we're family owned, like many of the people who are watching this. But I think you know, Obi Jacoby and I have talked about this for years. You know this is that why are we not collaborating together on some things rather than spending our own dollars in separate cases? That's that's why we felt. Moxie was such a good investment for us as a whole that it was a collaborative effort. Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter if a, a competitor is using it or not. It's how I use it. It's how I leverage it. But rather than I build something and Windermere builds something and um, Sipsy Klein builds something and Ravis builds something, it's, you know, how is it interesting? Can we start building things together to reduce our costs? Because we saw the craziness of all the cash that came into our business the last couple of years, the outside cash, the Wall Street capital. And, uh, and we can all scoff at it and say, oh, look at them now. But we that'll come again. And the more we collaborate together, I think the more opportunity. It doesn't mean acquisitions and mergers. And people will think, some of my friends will think that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just even how we leverage technology. I'm talking about how we leverage um, the, you know, mortgage businesses, lines of credit, different things that we might be able to do collectively uh, to show support. So Again, I, I've given you a lot of long-winded answers, and I've got a lot on my mind, but I think that's – it's one is is look at all the old paradigms, review everything. Nothing is sacred anymore. And at the same time, how do we come out of this being a little more collaborative with each other, um, you know, so we're, we're better to stave off um, any recession that happens again or any type of crisis. So. Yeah, well, that's awesome, Hobie. And I, I take that to heart personally. And uh, I think for those listening, you know, one of the roles that we think we can play at Moxie uh, is, at least on the technology piece, to doing exactly what you just said, is trying to bring best practices together and, and help companies uh, operate technology in an efficient way, but making a high impact, particularly on the relationships that you mentioned. So this has been awesome, Hobie. I really do appreciate it. And yeah. the transparency that you've yeah. shown here it's not easy to do with all that's going on so thank you so much and uh, uh, for the audience out there appreciate your time and listening and uh, stay tuned for more here thanks so much thanks for getting real with us see you next time